Tonight's Bible reading is from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 to 32, and it will be on the screen behind me. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in, in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. At last Sunday, we saw that God's ideal for us uh, when we become a Christian is that we don't remain a baby, an infant. Remember last Sunday we read that, you know, Paul uh, in Ephesians says, you don't want to be an infant. You don't want to be tossed about, unsure about uh, your life. Uh, the reality is that when we do become a Christian, it is very exciting. It is a new birth. Uh, but the point is, we shouldn't stay as a newborn. Uh, the goal of a Christian life is maturity, uh, as we saw last Sunday. Uh, Paul here says, you know, instead, what we want to do uh, is that we want to speak the truth in love. God's community is defined uh, and characterized by truth and love. Both are important. Uh, and, and when we do that, when we keep each other accountable, when we speak the truth about who we really are, what we're really going through, and how Jesus is the source of all that we are going through, uh, the source of strength for all that we're going through, that's how we mature in Christ. And so when we become mature, the, the picture really is one, uh, not of an infant weak and unable to take care of ourselves, creating mess for other people to clean up, uh, the picture is a mature person who is able to not just self-care, but also look after other people. So you're a body of Christ, with Christ as the head, and every part, everybody playing its role. It's wonderful to hear the testimony of our young people saying, well, we're going to serve using the gifts that God has given us. Uh, and that's what we believe in. We believe that we are one church. We believe in one faith, one baptism. There's a common... Uh, a common confession, so-called, sorry about the technical language, but we all believe in the one uh, reality that God died for us in Jesus. But how we serve one another has to be different, right? Different gifts, uh, different talents. 
Uh, the picture that Paul paints for us, uh, sometimes I describe it as a gym. Right? The church is kind of like a gym. Uh, the goal of us leaders, Mike, myself, uh, the elders, uh, you know, Sunday school teachers that have been teaching you, your Bible study leaders, our goal is to make sure that you become fit. Right? So for the purpose that God is calling you to serve him. So just as we would go to a gym, just as we would spend time exercising because we think that that's important, spiritually speaking, we too need to put into that effort to exercise our faith, to read the Bible, to pray. Right? If we don't do that, then we'll never become mature. Uh, and so as, as Paul continues to kind of think through this, right, he, he kind of used this language again of new birth, right, before and after, uh, he says, before you were living like the rest of the world, or Gentiles, right? Before you were living like the rest of the world, now you must stop living like that. Because the, the reality of that old world is that its priorities are different. Its priorities are based on what feels good. Right? So Paul says here in verse 19 to 21, having lost all sensitivity... Right? If you keep doing something over and over again, you become numb to it. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality. What feels good? So as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. But that's not how we're meant to live. I was reading an article this week, um, beautiful article. And again, it's one of those articles where you read and you go, I, I, I can understand what you're saying, but... You know, I respectfully think that's not the right way to live. So in this article, it was written by a woman who uh, discovered a different sexuality when she was in her 20s. Uh, and uh, the, the gist of her story was uh, when, she, when, when that happened to her, it was as if it was a revelation. You know, she, she found a newfound freedom to discover a new sense of identity. And our world, that, that's the key thing in our world, right? When we try and engage people who, who think differently from us, oftentimes we use language that are about right and wrong, morality, sin. But the world doesn't think like that. And so this lady who wrote this article, is just for her, it's freedom. Oh, she felt free. She felt that all of a sudden she's free to explore anything and be anything she could be. There's also a sense that it's, it's unnerving, right? Her sense of self is no longer tethered to any kind of religion or what we call religion. And conversely, she would see religion as something that's going to tie her down. She doesn't want that. And so the question that we need to be addressing for ourselves, for our friends, as we talk to them about Christianity, is really, is that what, what is true freedom? Does it mean that if, you, if we accept the Lord Jesus Christ that we, we lose our freedom? Well, yes and no. All I want to say at this point in time is that the freedom, you know, the, the kind of the world thinks about it is this whole, it's based on the freedom to experience anything and everything. And if it feels good, it must be right. Or rather, the world will say, it doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong, as long as it feels good. And when you live a world like that, actually, it's pretty chaotic. Uh, but we've we got to square off with the reality that that's what our friends are going to think. That's what many of us will think. And that's the reason why for a lot of people that I speak to, I, I don't want to commit to a religion. It feels like I'm being tied down.
But Paul says, no, you're, you're not being tied down. It is a new self, a new beginning, a new way of looking at the world. And so he says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self and be made new right, in the attitude of your minds to put on the new self. Uh, the word attitudes of the mind is that the Bible's way of describing that actually the change that happened, that needs to happen, needs to happen on the inside, first and foremost, before on the outside. Right? There's a lot of people who, you know, we, we, can't, we, know, we kind of know the game, isn't it? We, we, uh, in whatever context, we, we know to be polite, we're not going to be disrespectful, uh, but really, you know, I'm, we're not touched on the inside. We're just going through the motion. Uh, and so that's what religion is. Religion is, in one sense, you know, kind of doing something so that you get off my back. The Christian life is based on a relationship, a real relationship with someone who really loves you, cares for you, and wants what's good for you. That's the difference. And so this new heart, new way of thinking is fundamentally what's important. We all have a past. I do. And I would be very ashamed if I tell you everything that I've done in my past. All I've come to realize in my life is that as we approach this world, we, we, we have a very powerful way to connect with them, which is through our own brokenness. See, we're not perfect. I'm glad the testimony showed that. We're not required to be perfect. That's been done by the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we have to, all we have to do is just receive. Receive this love and allow that love to transform and change us. The renewal of the attitudes of our mind and hearts. When the Bible talks about a new attitude, a new mind, a new heart, they're all interchangeable. It really is talking about the person who you really are when no one else is around. That's the person that God cares, and that's the person that God sees. And that's the person that God wants to transform. See, what the Bible tells us is that in the end, it's not the outside that makes us unclean. It's what comes out from the inside. Jesus says in Matthew 15, 16, he says, look, you know, don't worry about food or washing of hands, all right? It's not what we eat that makes us unclean or unrighteous before God. It's what comes out of our heart. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. And so what, what Jesus is saying for us is if we're really honest with ourselves, really, really honest with ourselves, and we see who we are on the inside, we'll recognize that we're not that good after all. And so out of the inside comes our behavior. Right? And so Paul has a lot of references to the Christian speech. Notice that, you know, all these, throughout these passages, right, there's all these references about how we speak, how, how are we meant to conduct ourselves. And so we're meant to put us falsehood, right, speak truthfully. In the past, you might be tempted to lie, but now we have to speak the truth. 
Have you heard of the thing? Uh, have you heard of this saying? When someone's lie, it's it's okay if it's okay to lie as long as no one gets hurt. Right? That's the benchmark. As long I can do everything I want as long as I'm not hurting anybody. Well, that's not God's ben- benchmark. Uh, it's I didn't lie. I just omit certain truth, conveniently, because you know. If I tell you everything, yeah, it's not going to paint me in a very good light. Well, we have a higher bar because we worship a God who is holy. And so how we speak to one another is going to be important. We have to speak truthfully. Now, let no unwholesome talk comes out of our mouth. The word unwholesome talk in the original language describes things that are Decay and putrid, right? Dead things, really, you know, stinky things that comes out of our mouth. Uh, sewage, basically. Uh, that's a terrifying picture. If sewage were to come out from your mouth each time you speak, you know, every time we speak, we tear a person down, we grumble, we complain. And again, our motivation is changed because now we want to speak things that will build each other up. Encouragement. And finally, that this is the funny, avoid brawling and slander. It's hard to imagine churches, right, we're like a pub. If in a pub you'll brawl. Uh, but this is, again, the context of where the, the Ephesians came out. You know, that, that's, that's the context. Uh, maybe we might not be fighting physically, but I'm pretty sure we're fighting. We just use other things. Instead of doing that, we're meant to be love, loving one another. And slander, right? This is character assassination. That's not what we... So Christian speech is important. Then comes the Christian conduct, right? We're supposed to be completely humble like Jesus. Be gentle, be patient. And i got to admit that if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes Christians don't do that. We treat each other terribly. We need to repent. We need to be kind and compassionate to each other. We need to forgive. Forgive when there is confession. What I meant by that is that, you know, oftentimes people will say, you're a Christian, you're meant to forgive. Why can't you forgive? Well, we can forgive when there is an acknowledgement of the wrong. Because at the heart of the Christian faith is relationship. You know, when you've hurt someone, when a relationship is broken, it, it can't just be patched up with words. There has to be a genuine acknowledgement of the wrong and a willingness to come and say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Will you forgive me? Can we start again? And then we will forgive because no one is perfect. And so let me conclude. Well, I'll ask the question, well, what is true freedom? Right? Is true freedom being able to do whatever we want to do whenever we want to do them? Or oh, imagine if a child, right, a child walks up uh, and a child walks to a stove with fire and he's about to stick his hand into the stove. If you are a loving parent, what would you do? You might say, oh, well, you know, he needs to learn. He'll only do it once. <laughs> well, or you might, you might actually slap the child's hand so that he learns and say, no, that's dangerous. God is a little bit like that. 
And sometimes when God put boundaries in our life, it's because He loves us. He doesn't want us to go down a path of self-destruction. And just as we would trust our earthly father most of the time, right? Again, some of us might have different experience, but we should trust God, our heavenly father, because he always loves us. And and so in the end, yeah, it, it might look like there's a lot of freedom out there. But my experience has been that walking with Jesus, that's freedom. Because I know I'm safe. I know that you know, within God's boundary, God has given me freedom to explore a lot of things I can do. But it requires trust and obedience. Let me pray. Uh, Father, everybody is on a journey, uh, and Lord, you know all hearts. Uh, You know that we're all broken. Uh, You know that we're all afraid. And sometimes that fear is uh, that the fear is that when we say yes to you, uh, we no longer know ourselves. We are lost. Uh, Everything is taken away from us. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that you help us to fear you in a healthy way to honor you and to trust that you, our Heavenly Father, knows what's good for us. I will pray again for all those who have professed their faith this evening and for those who are on their journey as well, exploring what faith is, uh, that you might help us uh, keep our eyes on Jesus, the altar and perfecter of this faith. And we ask this in his precious name. Amen. Uh, We're going to finish with a song, All I Have is Christ.
Okay. All I have is Christ. May that be all of our testimony. Um, and that brings us to the end of our time together. And I just wanted to share, like, I was just really encouraged to hear, just even, even amongst youth who um, are not yet 18, I think one of them is 18, but yeah, like, um, still young, but already having such a diverse um, experience and living out of, of their walk with Jesus. And that's really encouraging. So can I ask all of us, uh, even tonight, after the service, and I hope that's already happening, um, get together and encourage these guys. Um, find a way that you're able to get in their life and encourage them to keep um, continuing in their walk. And all of you who shared tonight, I want to tell you this, and this is for me, this is for all of us here who believe in Jesus. The words of the Apostle Paul, his final letter, just before he was killed, he says this, fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands, which is what happened for those who got baptized tonight. Right? For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-control. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. For he has saved us and called us to a holy life. The encouragement is, as you live out that holy life, you will suffer. Your walk with Jesus will come with pain and with hardship. The message to you is, you're part of his kingdom. And everyone is in that together. Don't walk alone and don't turn back. Right. If anyone has nowhere to go tonight, Quinn and I are opening our home to um, anyone who would like to visit. So just see one of us um, after the service and we'll give you our address. Um, I also wanted to express to those of you who are online, uh, you've been a part of this as well and we thank you for your encouragement and we do hope um, that you'll be able to see all these guys in the near future and, um, and encourage them. Uh, if you're in the hall, right, big thank you to you um, for making that space available. We've got these two locations, and I know some of you have family uh, and friends that are either in the church and in the hall as well, and possibly even online. So the hope is that as you go from here, um, yeah, continue to walk with each other and encourage one another. Uh, thank you very much.